Um, I've been I've been thinking a lot. Well, that's not a good thing all the time, right? So <laughs> that's nothing to be proud of. Um, but I've been uh, reading and uh, working with the issues of fear and uh, fear and anger. Actually, the two combined. And uh, with my Elkhorn group, we've had kind of an ongoing discussion for the for off and on for the last several weeks about anger because uh, be, primarily because of things that, we, that are going on in our country and the world, you know, out of frustration and how do we deal with that anger and what, is, what does the Buddha teach about anger and a lot of times we don't like we don't like what the Buddha says about anger so it's our natural tendency to um, to want to hang on to anger because we we especially if we have righteous anger so that and working with anger I thought we've got to we've got to work with it from a different direction so what I've been feeling lately is that connection between anger and fear so when we think about anger what do we know is at the base of anger fear, right? Now, whether we believe it or even, I mean, psychologists will say, at the root of anger is fear, right? So it's not just the Buddha talking about that, but um, it's really hard for us sometimes to see our own connection between our anger and fear. So if if you, I'd like to take a few minutes for you, for each one of you to try to think about what you're angriest about in your personal, in your personal life. N- not many of us have mastered uh, eradicating anger. If you have, we'll let you speak in a minute. But uh, we can call it. I'm, when I was younger, I had a, I had, I was in graduate school, and I used to think that I wasn't angry. And I, I really believed I wasn't angry, and I, I was so deluded. I can't. I was so angry that I couldn't even think I was angry. And, uh, and all it would take, you know, is something to really go wrong in my life, or something to to fall apart that I had depended on, and then there was this kind of anger, this rage, this thing that, because I denied so much that I was ever anger angry when it did come up it was horrible and it would just blast anything out of existence you know in front of it and i think it was because i was very angry and so the more angry there more anger that there was the more i wanted to deny it because i had no idea what to do about it and uh it's it's uh I went through another phase doing loving-kindness practice where I'd get to the difficult person part. And I'd think, I don't really have too many difficult people in my life. And for a long time I could use my mom, and then I lost the ability to do that because I discovered how much we love each other. And uh, I'd try to do it with, you know, political people. And there, it's but there, there's st- it's still there. What I was, what I realized was, we call anger different things. Sometimes we'll say, "I'm not angry. I'm just a little resentful, or I'm just a little irritated, or uh, I'm disillusioned, 
or the fa- or the favorite one is a parent. I I thought this was good parenting. I'd tell my kids sometimes, "I'm just disappointed in you." <laughs> That's a terrible thing, right? <laughs> but I wasn't going to say I'm angry with you because you you know spilt milk all over the floor and then poured cereal on top of it to see what would happen. <laughs> so um, we use a lot of language and a lot of words to convince ourselves that we're not angry. If we're on a, you know, we can use, uh, I guess it would be a part of that spiritual materialism. We can cover up our emotions that are negative. Like we may get into a uh, what we call a spiritual path, because we want to work with negative emotions. Our emotions may be overwhelming to us, so we want to find a way to deal with them. And it becomes too easy sometimes to just learn the vocabulary of how to cover those emotions up. And uh, we can talk the talk, right? So we're we're not revealing our true feelings because we know that they're not maybe politically correct or very nice or not acceptable, but we haven't really worked with those feelings. We've just learned a way to basically repress them. So all the the words that we use, instead of saying, I'm angry, there are probably at least 100 or 200 words that we could, you know, if we really were able to watch our speech, uh, we'd realize, oh, I think that's, that's still anger. So you know when the Buddha talks about the, the three poisons that are at this that, that that are involved in everything that keep us on this wheel of life, it's greed, hatred, and delusion. So it's greed, which is wanting, craving, lusting, greed. It's wanting more. It's wanting better. It's wanting. It's wanting. Period. And then hatred. I mean, hatred, we can all say, oh, I'm not, hate. I don't hate anybody. But hatred covers all those, all those words that we use to cover up anger. Disappointed, disillusioned, uh, a little bit upset, frustrated. I mean, you probably have your personal favorites if you start thinking about the words you use to let someone know that you're not pleased with what, the, I'm not pleased with your behaviors. Those, you know, there's, that's anger. There's anger there. And, it's, and we don't want to even acknowledge that that's anger. Well, it's just a little, I'm just a little irritated. Or I'm just trying to teach that person, you know, better how, how they should be. But we have to look at that because that's one of the three things that's keeping us attached to this human life or animal life. Uh, so the third is, is uh, ignorance, delusion. And that's the kind of ignorance, that's not like, oh, you don't know anything about sports, you're ignorant, or Michael Jackson calling people ignorant all the time. That's a kind of uh, basic not seeing things clearly, not being able to see the reality that's, that, this, that is this world. So it's an ignorance that goes much, much deeper than we just are, don't know something about a subject. Oh, or not, not couth or whatever we want to say. It's, it's, it's that essential misunderstanding about reality. 
We don't see things clearly. And we can do it. It can be intentional, but usually it's, it's unconscious. We haven't developed the skillfulness to, uh, to begin to see clearly. We haven't, we haven't been able to let the scales fall from our eyes. I mean, that's a Christian image that I think is really powerful. Just the scales falling from uh, someone's eyes. You know, you literally can, you know, sometimes you, in a split second, you can see something clearly. You know, you can think of maybe someone said something to you and you didn't really want to hear, you didn't really want to, let's say if it's a, someone you're intimate with, you're connected to, you know, you're in love with, they have revealed something about themselves, but it doesn't fit your image of how your loved one should be. So we just pretend we didn't hear it, or we pretend they didn't mean it a certain way. Or maybe, maybe one of your relatives is really, you know, is really a racist, but you love them and you see so many good qualities in them, so you don't want to, you just don't want to deal with that part of them. You don't want to see it. So we can do that out of love or we can do that out of uh, uh, delusion, you know? We can love someone and see their faults and see their, see their humanness and still love them. But then there's the other way that we often do is we want we want to not see those parts, right? So we're always working with those uh, those poisons, and they're at the center. If you see the the wonderful Tibetan picture of the uh, samsara, which is that wheel of life, the center of it are the three poisons. They're at the center of that wheel, and it's not until we completely let go that we let go of all attachments and greed, hatred, and delusion or attachments. We're not liberated and completely free until we've let go of everything. Like we just, it's all of the grasping, all of the uh, hanging on to things. So anger, I think, is one of the things we hang on to because it's protecting us. Anger protects us. Anger is that that uh, biologically that's that either flight, fear, flight, or what, free, frozen, being frozen in the headlights, reaction. So anger is something that uh, evolu- in, in, at, back in our more primitive stages, we needed that to survive. We had to get that rush of adrenaline that told us to be afraid. So our choice would be to be, to be angry or to be uh, to just shut down and freeze, or to run away. So, if you can, if you, if we can begin to see where the fear is and what the fear is with the things that we're angry about, the more we can begin to see that, and that means sitting with it. That means not running away from the anger and not trying to. Pretend it's not there, but literally, when you're sitting with yourself and practicing, you can have that sit with yourself and feel your anger, and then feel what's under it. Feel where the fear is coming from. So it might be because you think if this whatever thing that you're feeling anger towards, that represents maybe something that's changing in your world, 
are changing in your life and you don't like to see change. You don't know there's confusion about change. We don't know where it's going. Is it a bad direction? Is it neutral? So it can be because there's a fear of losing something. Or there can be fears that maybe it's a, a Maybe the thing that you're, that you're angry toward is kind of pulling you, like you see there's too, much, there's too much about it that might even be appealing to you. Like you don't see other options. But you really have to find out what it is that's creating the fear for you. And just let go of the idea. Don't try to fight. You know, try just to suspend for a short time any belief you have that that fear is good, that that anger is good. So some of us will fight to the death almost, which is a good image, that anger is a good thing. You know, anger, anger tells us when we need to pay attention. Anger tells us when we need to become uh, activated, you know, to even become socially active. But what we know the Buddha taught over and over in so many different ways is that we can't overcome hatred with anger. Love is the only thing that overcomes hatred. And that we can't act from a place of love and loving kindness if we're angry. That anger clouds our vision. So it's true that when we feel something that's like anger rising in our body, and this is another reason it's so important for us to to, to be with our body, sit with our body, and know what's going on in our body. When we feel those emotions, anger is dark, and anger takes our breath away. You know, if you're really angry with someone, you can't breathe. And uh, you feel your heart pounding faster. You know, that's anger. And so you can learn to start putting a lid on that before it comes out in speech. But we can also start looking at that anger when we feel it and, and immediately try to see what's, what's under this anger. They'll be good when they come in. I want to finish up. Uh, we want to look and see what the fear is for us. What are we going to lose? What, what do we think we may have to give up? Um, and if it's just, is it fear for our own safety? Is it fear for our own, uh, will we be able to continue to live the way we're living? Or is something going to change all that? You know, it's really, that's what we need to be working with. But try to just suspend any feeling that, uh, that you're not angry or that anger is an, is an okay thing. And I think there's a really wonderful uh, article by Bhikkhu Bodhi in this recent Tricycle that, uh, magazine that just came out. And if you don't get Tricycle, that maybe that article, if anybody would like it, I can send you the article. But Bhikkhu Bodhi, in the Buddhist tradition and especially in the Theravada tradition, there has long been... Uh, a, a feeling that we shouldn't get involved in politics and social action because we're, we should just be this separate from that. You know, we're not going to have view. The Buddha taught, like, part of what we have to let go of are all of our views, all of our opinions, all of our, um, 
our attitudes towards things. So that's part of that total liberation is letting go of viewpoints. So that sounds like letting go of any political viewpoints, right? But Bhikkhu Bodhi is, is, I mean, I respect him as a Western monk who lived for such a long time and is probably the foremost translator of the Buddha's uh, teachings into English. He's, he decided several years ago that he had to finally, he had to make a decision about what kind of social action he would be uh, involved in because he said the world has to have, the world needs us. The world needs people who are trying to see things clearly and who are trying to uh, bring the idea back into our society that anger doesn't conquer hate. Hate never conquers hate. Uh, love alone can do that. And so his first thing he did was to say the one problem he knew had to be solved was hunger. And so he put all of his social action energy into solving world hunger. And he has, he created a board and they, they fund little micro businesses, there are walks all over the country. And he has raised unbelievable amounts of money all over the world. And it start, he does it locally and he, they feed people locally, they support uh, nonprofit groups that feed people and that teach people, you know, gardening projects, and they do things all over the world. And now, recently, there's been another move by, uh, it started in New York. There, there are more movements of Buddhists saying, okay, the world right now needs us. We can't sit back and say, no, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not going to get involved because we're just going to sit back and radiate loving-kindness. It would be nice, and we still have to keep doing that, but we have to get our feet wet. We have to, you know, wade out in the river and radiate loving kindness. But he's, his article is wonderful talking about that. We have to do it because what we can bring to the discussion is this quality that, no, we can't use anger to fight hatred. We have to use love. We have to use our calm minds to work to find solutions to big problems. And if we can do anything to help the society become more loving, less angry, then that's, that's a responsibility we have because that's a direct part of our teachings. So we have to do that by beginning with ourselves. We can't ever forget that. We have to maintain that peace within ourselves and we have to know that whenever we lose it, we have a way to come back to it. Because we can't all, things will always get us agitated, disappointed, disillusioned, irritated. But we have to always have that tool, and we can't let our tools get rusty. So we have to have our own, a strong practice. We have to have a community to find support in. But then I think we, we are people well-trained to be people who can be out in society and bring equality to the discussion that doesn't exist right now. So, thank you everyone. <laughs>